second part of a, an interview with Cami, an artist from Oregon. And uh, if you want to go back and listen to the first part, you can do that within our stream. And then the other thing is that there's a great interview with Steve Lee from the uh, podcast, International Podcast Day. And uh, that has crossed over from September into October and ends up in Hawaii. And it's a fantastic interview. And I just realized now, as a podcast day has crossed so many countries, it really has turned into a movement. And so it's a great credit to everybody that's been involved in that. So I highly recommend going back and listening to that interview. And with that, we'll jump straight into the interview today with Cami Davis. Hi, Cammy. How are you? Hey, Colin. I'm great. How are you? Good. Now, uh, I, I guess we have to talk San Francisco first, <laughs> although I know you've just come back from Seattle. Is that right? Yeah, I just got back from Seattle. But let's talk a little bit about San Francisco first, because when we left off, sure. I was just getting ready to do it was my second trade show and it was in San Francisco. Yep. Yeah. So um, it was my second trade show, like I mentioned, and I, I walked away with a lot. It, let's just call it the learning curve. And I think uh, I wanted to have five takeaway points for artists and other types of entrepreneurs who are listening, who are considering doing a trade show, who don't know, you know how to start and what to expect. And one of those takeaway points from San Francisco is to understand that there is a learning curve. There's no way you can walk into it and know everything you need to know. Um, and But as I said on our last podcast, which um, listeners might want to listen to that uh, if they haven't yet, is um, to just jump in and do it. And understanding that there is a learning curve so you're not too hard on yourself is a great uh, takeaway, I think, from my San Francisco trip. That's right. And I think that probably is a real challenge for people, isn't it? Because I think sometimes we can, <laughs> when we build up the courage to say, oh, look, I'm just going to do it. And then we do do it and we get there and we go, oh, I got this so wrong. I never had half the stuff I didn't need. And then sometimes uh, people can put them through a process where they kind of, I don't know, they kind of uh, mentally or, you know, verbally or, you know, they kind of berate themselves. They beat themselves up and they go, oh, wow, you know, that was a disaster. But in actual fact, it's often not, is it? Because you move on to the next one. Is that what you were saying? Yeah, exactly. I mean, the lessons that I learned from it were so worth the amount of money that I put into it because, um, you know, you have to learn it somehow. And I definitely learned it on the fly. Um, I think other takeaways that I would say are to stay positive. Um, and I knew that from the art festivals that I had done prior to this is that if you um, start getting discouraged, people can feel it and stuff. So I definitely had a good opportunity to practice that um, and was able to stay positive during the show, as well as meet a lot of the vendors and artists around me. And um, that would be another, that would be my third takeaway point, is to not be afraid to ask questions of the vendors around you. Obviously not when they're busy with a client, but you have times, you know, moments here and there where you can kind of ask for their input. And so many of them are so gracious and giving in what they share. 
So I think that was a really great thing that I learned in San Francisco as well. Right. And I know that uh, from other events that I've attended, uh, sometimes people can, they sort of nail themselves to their booths. Mm -hmm. um, and in actual fact, they never take the time to wander away or to ask a friend to come in and help for an hour at lunchtime, which gives them a tremendous break. Um, obviously, and sometimes that break can just give you enough refresh and enough energy to go out, talk to a few other people. They might say, oh, yeah, things were really slow for me this morning, but this afternoon they were great. Mm -hmm. And then so you go, oh, you know, and so you get that chance to have that kind of uh, interaction with other people going through the same thing. So I guess what you're saying is really make some time to be able to do that connection as well. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that actually is a really good point. When I used to do art festivals, um, I'm such a rule follower that if I'm supposed to be at my booth from eight to five, I'm not going to leave it. And I kind of took it to the extreme. And one of the things that I've done at the, the three trade shows now that I've done is um, kind of make you make friends with the vendors next to you. And then it is, yep. it's great to walk away for like, if I would feel my energy getting a little bit low is I would just go take a yep. stroll. It would give me a chance to look at other people's booths and I would come back refreshed. And the cool thing when you're working with with uh, the vendors next to you that closely is they know your spiel and you know theirs. I mean, you hear it all day long. <laughs> so they've got your back and they'll they'll sell stuff for you. So I it, that was really encouraging. And I think you're absolutely right on that the buyers at the trade shows and just seeing um, how they approach the booths, uh, what appealed to them, what made them stop, um, kind of what they were looking for. So I think just kind of watching the buyers, not glaring or staring at them, obviously, but watching, yep, them, sure. yeah, watching them, you can uh, get a lot of information. Mm -hmm. And then um, my last tip from the San Francisco show is to roll with it. Like I just had so many things that come up came up during it. So I would try, kind of make changes on the fly. Like if I realized that my printed material wasn't exactly what I needed, well, I had time in the evening to get to the printers and um, make those changes. So I really learned to just kind of roll with what was happening, make changes at night and go back the next day refreshed. Wow. And so I guess, obviously, you you know, if you've got your laptop with you, you've got your files, you've got your logo, you've got your text, um, you can go back to uh, you where you're staying and you can just say, yeah, I'm going to change that. I'm going to do it. And then I'm going to email it off to the printer. I'm going to call in and get that tomorrow morning or lunchtime, that kind of thing. That's what you're talking about. Yeah. And it worked out really well. And remember, I was in a little tent in Berkeley in San Francisco and I still made it happen. I mean, where there's a will, there's a way. Um, I had uploaded my important files that had to do with my promotional material for the trade show. I had uploaded those to Dropbox. So it was, they were online. Yeah. So with my laptop, I was able to get to them. And then exactly like you said, I could take it into and get it printed and then show up the next morning with the new material. So I, I think with the technology that we have nowadays, uh, having all of that readily available is really important. That is fantastic. And, and I'm sure because I've been in that situation before where I didn't have anything like that. And um, and so, you know, I'm sure that there's other people that lis listen to this and go, oh, yeah, I can remember that happening yeah. to me. And I had nothing. I had to try and email people. And then I just gave up. I didn't do it yeah, because yeah. I, I just couldn't uh, handle it. So, look, <laughs> I think that's a fantastic tip. That's a great takeaway. Thank All you. right. Well, look, um, are you are you ready to talk to Seattle? <laughs> because I think I think the last time I spoke to you on the phone, uh, you were 
you were practically, you know, you were making a music video as you were packing the car for Seattle, <laughs> yeah. is that right? Yes, I, I have barely breathed in the last couple of weeks, but oh my gosh, it's been <laughs> it's been so inspiring creatively, all the things that I've done, uh, both for my business and the art side of it. So um, yeah, let's talk Seattle. I just got back from it. Okay. So I went and... All right. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, sure. Okay, let's talk Seattle. So I went and did, it was called the Seattle Gift Show in um, the Washington State Convention Center in downtown Seattle. And um, so this was my third trade show. And this one went even better because, of course, I had learned so much from the San Francisco show and the Portland show that I did. Um, so coming into my third trade show, I um, just, my information was better, my promotional materials were better, my displays, my product. Um, I had made changes basically to everything. Um, so here are my five takeaway points from the Seattle show. Um, my yep. Okay, so my first one is find your tribe, which I kind of giggled. This was a different vendor that said this to me. Um, his company is called Good Nature Publishing. Uh, .com is where you can find him at. And I'm hoping to have him on Art on the Airwaves because he was very interesting. Um, but he said, find your tribe. And the point that he made was that a lot of the big um, companies he used – Amazon as an example. Well, they get people coming onto their website and they gather all the information about them. And this becomes their tribe because those these are the people that spread the information about them and the people that purchase their product. And he, he turned to me and he said, so you and all the vendors here, most most people walk away from a trade show and they, they say, they shake hands and they're like, oh, it was great getting to know you. But then they never follow through on um, contacting them and he said if you guys are right. if you guys are smart you'll stay in contact with each other and you will find your tribe this is your tribe and that just just um it was like a light bulb went off inside of me um after the san francisco trade show i had taken the podcast that i did with you um colin and i had sent it to all of the vendors um and as well as the organizers of the trade show and as a way of keeping wow. yeah it was a way of keeping in contact with them and um and that really helped so it, it gave me at seattle that it was even more important to me to collect more um emails and keep in touch with everyone so that was my first tip find your tribe uh, my second one is focus on what the retailer wants. And I think this is really important because as an artist, when I was creating my product, I was often thinking about what I wanted, like what necklaces I would wear. Because my product right now is a jewelry line that is done with images of my art. It's um, Cami Art. Yeah. Yeah. CamiArt.com is my website, which is um, C-A-M-M-Y art.com. Well, the switch is that the retailers, when they're looking at your product, they're not necessarily thinking, oh, is this something I would wear? They are thinking of it in their store and how it looks on the displays and how people will approach it and if they will purchase it. So focus on what your retailer wants when you're coming up with your product and when you're coming up with your displays. Does that make sense, Colin? Brilliant. Okay. Yeah, that is absolutely brilliant. And I think that would be a real challenge for some artists. <laughs> I yeah. Mean, and I actually find, I actually find there's a whole, almost a gymnastic kind of thinking um, when I've had conversations with people in the past around that kind of thing where I've had to say, look, you know, um, 
go to the store and look inside the store window and go there and if all the jewelry is gray uh, you know, do something in red i mean i know that sounds very simple uh, and it's a very simple way of saying that is that is that kind of what you're talking about yeah exactly it's a different way of thinking and it, it's funny because it's so simple and yet automatically we think about what we like when we're you know trying to create our product um, but switching that to what somebody's going to see when they walk into the store and what's going to appeal to them to buy it because that's what the retailer is looking for the bottom line is the, re sure. the retailer the trade shows is something yeah something that they can put absolutely in store that will sell uh, so that's my second one my is make the purchasing procedure quick and organized. And I think when you're first starting out, this can be a little bit challenging. I was watching the other vendors, but I think for the future, I want to actually have um, a display that shows what is fresh in the past couple of months. And I heard other vendors uh, or other buyers ask other vendors around me the same type of thing. So I think this happens quite a bit um, when buyers go to trade shows where they come and they want to see what's new and fresh since the last time. Yeah, that's right. So it's all this uh, new season or, you know, out now or just released or just finished or you can see the paint drying, that sort of yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They want the newest thing in their store. Fantastic. And uh, wow, look, just one last thing, I guess, on the whole Seattle, San Francisco, uh, you know, the marriage of those two events. You said that you'd made some changes um from San Francisco before you got to Seattle. What kind of changes were they apart from, I, I guess, some reprinting and reorganizing of that material? What, what were those changes? I made huge changes. One of the biggest things I noticed in San Francisco, if you remember during our podcast, I was letting you know uh, my spiel, my, you know, my elevator pitch, which is that, <laughs> <That's> <laughs> yeah. Right, yeah. so my elevator pitch is that my product is made from images of my artwork. So what sets me apart is that all of the images in my jewelry are from paintings that have been shown in fine art galleries. Once I say that yep. to people, they, it really starts clicking with them, and that's when I make sales. But I wanted people to walk up to my booth and see that before I started talking, because often you don't get a chance to talk to people. Often they will run down the aisles, pretty much, that's what it feels like, and they'll kind of look right and left, and unless something jumps out at them, they you don't even get a chance to talk to them. So it was really important to me that, that my booth clearly said, this is what I'm about. So I made two big changes. I actually rebranded myself. I uh, My art site is called camidavis.com, which is my name, of course. And so I had yeah. I had originally made my um, jewelry website was camidavisjewelry.com. Well, there's nothing in that. that yep. There's nothing in that that quickly tells you what I'm about. So on um, advice of different people that I was talking with, in particular my father, who is very creative himself, um, I actually changed my jewelry website to camiart.com. Um, it clearly says that I'm an artist and the other thing, so all of my, um, in, all of my promotional material now says camiart.com so that you know that it is about art. Um, I also, I made the logos really simple and clear and I love that look so much better. Um, and then the other major thing I did was I had my sister who is a professional photographer. She took some photographs of an art exhibit that I have going right now in a fine art gallery. So it had that clear look of, it was two of my large scale paintings 
in a gallery, you know, with the white walls and the wood floors. And they were, it was a really be beautiful. Yeah, it was a beautiful image. So I hung that right up above my um, jewelry. And then I took the necklaces that had those same paintings right below them. So people could clearly see that when they were walking down the aisle. So it, it did. It made a huge difference. People could see it. As I was talking about it, I would point to the picture and you could see them kind of beaming. I mean, people like fine art in galleries. So it really did make a big difference. Yeah, look, um, I I was at a big, uh, I guess, sort of a technology trade show recently, and um, uh, we did a couple of podcasts about that. One of them is about to come out, and and look, I must admit, I'm I'm like one of these express people, like because I I do tend to go to quite a few of these, yeah. and I just walk in there and I give myself like. 17 minutes mm -hmm. to walk down every aisle and work out exactly what I'm going back to. Yeah. And the big thing for me is I look at the visual, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And then I look at the warmth of the person behind there. So if the person leaps out and tries to sell me something before I get anywhere near the stand, mm -hmm. I, I generally, yeah. I, I, keep, I keep moving and I probably don't go back there because I think they're going to annoy yeah. me. Yeah, yeah. Um, and... And uh, but if I approach, if I am looking out the corner of my eye and go, that looks really good, and I just get a nice warm smile from the person, and I think, yeah, they, they look like somebody I can talk to. Um, they're the, they're my my criteria, yeah. and so so it's really interesting if a, if a stand looks kind of, I don't know, dry, over corporatized, yes. too crisp. The person looks too kind of like they're going to leap <laughs> on top of me. Um, so, that's great. That's really, that's really good. That is brilliant. Thank you. And so uh, I guess <laughs> I know that you <laughs> haven't really had much time to breathe. Um, because <laughs> I can't believe that you, you did a rebrand midstream. I, know. I mean, that's, that's just phenomenal but i think these the, i mean it, that's the kind of thing that i would almost do but i probably wouldn't tell people because they'd be like wow um <laughs> not, what are you saying I colin i try not to tell everyone everything well sometimes they just don't believe me sometimes they just they just don't if i say yeah i did a rebrand on the flight they're like no they're like no you didn't so i'm like okay i won't share that um okay great and look <laughs> well you know what i mean <laughs> not everyone anyway that's awesome so look, I, I guess the other thing is that um uh, <laughs> you came home and then you jumped off the mountain which i heard about at 6 a.m this morning on <laughs> kskq is that is that true oh you heard about that yes i i had my radio show today yeah it's really been a, it has been a crazy couple of weeks but um this is something I had wanted to do uh, for my 50th birthday, actually, which was back in May and um, just licensing and stuff allowing. I wasn't able to do it until yesterday morning, but I did. I went paragliding off the side of a mountain and it was so amazing. Um, the idea came to me, it's for the series of music art videos that I've been working on. And um, the title of the series is going to be based on, on this video, which is called Letting Go. Um, it is to um, a song called Eagle Quest by a local musician. And I wanted to show this feeling that um, I've had of wanting to let go of other people's comments and criticisms and just live my own life. And um, sure. soaring off the side of a mountain was my way of doing that. And, and, I, and I literally did it yesterday. So it was really amazing. Wow. Yeah, it was really amazing. And honestly, listeners, if, if you're uh, even considering 
paragliding, I'm going to highly suggest that you do it. The feeling of soaring and looking down at the tops of the trees. I can't even, there's no words. It was so beautiful. It was very freeing. How, how incredible. <laughs> that, that, that is, that's great. And so, and so, and so what you, so, I mean, I guess obviously you'd pre-booked that, but, um, was that quite a process to go through as well or no it just you did it and you booked it and you went it well what worked out well for me is that because I was kind of um, a little bit nervous about it um, as I did actually go up on the mountain and watch the instructor um, do his own paraglide a few months ago when I planned to do it before back in May so I'm a visual right. yeah I'm a visual person and so I had been able to see him do it visually and that actually really made yesterday so much more simple um, the probably more difficult parts of it was just getting photographers lined up at the last minute because I wanted it for my my uh, music art video so I had a photographer up on top and I had a photographer on the bottom and then I had a GoPro in my hand so we'll I, I <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm getting a bit of odd here i know well i might be a little bit yeah <laughs> so yeah i can't wait hey and so i i guess you haven't even had time to see any of this footage because that that all happened what yesterday and then you you did the show kskq this morning and then now you've got the interview with me i know is that right yeah exactly so i'll be looking at the footage tomorrow and um i wanted to tell you about the other other video i did because i think we're going to p uh play one of Jeff Kletzel's songs at the end of this podcast. So I want to mention that one as well. Um, yeah, tell me about okay, it. Okay, so... I, so I think you you mentioned it, um, I think you mentioned it earlier, but this is not, um, this is a completely new video, correct? Yeah. This is something you've only just done between those two trips. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so I don't mean to confuse you. I have two videos in the making right now. Um, on our last podcast, at the end of it, you played a song by Jeff Kletzel. Um, and that is the musician that I'm talking about for this one. It, his song is called Come Back to Me that I did the painting for. Um, and we, right. oh my God, the video is going to be so amazing. It was the morning before I left for Seattle. And um, I took two big sheets of plywood and I put them up in this warehouse. And um, the we had a producer for this video, Jez Klein is his name. And his concept is so cool. I'm basically, I'm walking down the street and I'm, I'm kind of, you know, da-da-da on a like Saturday morning or something and I hear this music and I walk over to a door and I open it and I peek inside and there is this musician who's playing and I walk inside and I'm so moved by his music that I start throwing paint on him <laughs> so so the video right. yeah so the video shoot was basically he was standing um and let's see, how do I phrase this? Well, naked. Okay. Basically he was standing there naked with a guitar in front of him and I started throwing yeah. paint on him and I, I painted him into those two pieces of plywood, um, to where like really at the end, you could hardly see him. It was really, really cool. It's so exciting. Wow. <laughs> there we go. So we could rebrand ourselves as the Naked Guitar Podcast and uh, we could probably do that in between trips. Hey, we might get a lot. It's going to go viral, right? <laughs> <laughs> hey, look, that is brilliant. And so what's the song we're going to go out on, Cammy? Because uh, I love this music. Yeah, well, so hopefully we're going to be able to play that that song, which is called Come Back to Me. 
It is so beautiful that. Yeah, it, actually, I bought that song on iTunes. Oh, yeah, good. so I bought "Come Back to Me," and um, and there was one other which I can't remember the name of uh, because I really, I really liked that song. I, I didn't realize you were making the video to that song. Isn't that strange? Yeah, he gave me his CD and let me pick which pick which song I wanted to do it to. And he is a musician right. in our area who is he probably has the biggest fan base in Southern Oregon. Uh, he has so many people that follow him and it's because his music is so easy to listen to it's absolutely beautiful and that was the song that jumped out at me like I could play it over and over and never get tired of it so I really hope the listeners enjoy it his name is Jeff Kletzel and his last name is spelled K-L-O-E-T-Z-E-L um, and you can find him at jeffkletzel.blogspot.com when the video is done it will be on my website which is cammydavis.com so um, we're hoping for a release date of October 1st uh, to coincide with a solo exhibit I am doing at the J. Pepin Art Gallery in Portland, Oregon. Uh, October 1st is the opening for that exhibit, and that's the Letting Go exhibit. Wow, that's that's fantastic. That is absolutely wow. I can't <laughs> wait to see the video. <laughs> so, yeah. I love it when you're speechless when I talk about my art. It makes me really happy. <laughs> yeah, well, I've had a few speechless moments on this podcast <laughs> and they seem to be increasing and I thought, oh, well, hopefully they'll just come from Cammy, but, but they're not. <laughs> so, so there we go. So look, that's brilliant. Well, look, thank you very much for joining us today. Yeah. We... Um, we look forward to uh, hearing more, and I know you've got a great newsletter as well now, and so um, I'm really pleased to be getting that. And uh, and of course, we, you and I, we're going to be doing. Um, we've got our joint venture coming up, so we won't talk to that today because um, we're sort of finishing some details on that. But that's that's going to be coming out shortly as well, and I think we're probably going to be able to uh, see. A little, bit, a little bit of that uh, before your opening as well. So that's really exciting. Yeah, absolutely. I, I'm hoping that we're going to. Um, listeners, if you want to sign up for my newsletter, I try to include some of all the things that we've talk of, talked about. Um, so it can be pretty interesting to read. And you just go to cammydavis.com. There's a sign up on the top that you just uh, sign, put your information in. And my name is spelled C-A-M-M-Y davis.com. Brilliant. All right. Thank you very much, Cammy, and we look forward to talking to you soon. Thank you so much, Colin. Good to talk to you. Cheers.
I've been stuck inside of this winter Since our last fall If you're a listener in the US, you can simply text the word EATMAG, which is E-A-T-T-M-A-G. And if you want that in Echo, uh, Art, Technology, Travel, M for Maggie, A for Apple, G for Grapple, uh, it's EATMAG. And you can text that if you're in the US now to 1480-418-1411. If you're in Australia, you simply text the word EATMAG to 61428479700. If you're in the United Kingdom, in the UK, Scotland, England, Wales, you can text Ireland as well. You can text EATMAG to 
7903567718. And if you're in Canada, you can simply text EAT MAG to 1587-800-4323. And you can just replay those numbers. I know it sounds like there's a lot of numbers in there, but wherever you are, you can just text EAT MAG from those four countries if you're in there, and we'll um, send you some instructions, and you can basically subscribe to our updates that way. So really pleased to finally get that off the ground. And uh, thank you very much for joining us and we'll see you next time.